This is for the nerds. This is for the brainiacs. This is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back. You ain't gonna touch me. You're not gonna do nothing. You are not above me. I bet you wish you was me. I know it. I know. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Only Friends Podcast. Yo, you just you just hit it with like a snake. You just went like I was trying to get the tweet out. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> trying to do your job. Yeah, sometimes I get a little distracted in pre-production. Don't do the things I'm supposed to do. It's not just you, man. Uh, yeah. I the the worst part is I didn't notice until right as we were about to go live because there was only 49 people waiting. I'm like, oh yeah, they don't know that we have a podcast right now. <laughs> And that's on me. We don't even know we have a podcast right that's now. That's true. That is true. Welcome, everybody. It is Friday, which means we're not going to have shit to talk about. <laughs> it's the end of the week. We're looking to the weekend, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's college football season. That's exciting. It is. NFL season. NFL season's right around the corner. Will we we're do still... a draft between us? Starts Sunday. We so. could. No, it starts a week from yesterday. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, we could do a fancy draft. What, what <clears throat> I feel like doing a season long in this group would be a very bad idea. Yeah, I just win. We Ryan could do like a best ball draft, I think that would probably be best. Yeah, best ball draft would be great. Like, the thing that we can do with the minimal amount of work would be great. Yeah, so let's do that. Melissa, have you ever done any fancy sports? Nope. <laughs> yeah, but okay. she knows what she's gonna win because she has. She can look at people's faces. Yeah, I'm not gonna do any like stats. Right, just right. Look at their faces. So that's that's why I'm suggesting a best ball. So the that way that this great. works is you would just draft people based off of their faces. Yeah. How much you trust them? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Would if, I be friends with them? Would I let them watch my dog? Right, right. Would you, you know, <laughs> let them inside of you? That that type of stuff. Yeah. Well, that means <laughs> I should not draft them. <laughs> You're learning. You're learning fast. I Very know. True. You know, it, so the attraction doesn't change, but the signal that the attraction represents changes. That, yes. Yeah, that, that's yeah, good because yeah. uh, Jimmy G's uh, back up this year. So right. Um, see. Yeah, we we can't have him in there. Yep. But yeah, so basically in best ball, you would you would draft. I think it's a twelve person team. Yeah. And then you set it and forget it. Okay. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. perfect. That's set it. it. That, that's just one and done. We're, we're ready to roll. Yeah. Set it, forget it. Yeah. Maybe that's the play then. We. Uh, 100%. We figure out a day to do a best ball draft prior to next Thursday. Okay. Sounds good. So either, actually, it'll just have to be Wednesday. Wednesday or Thursday, it'll but be Wednesday probably of, Wednesday. Wednesday of next week? Yeah. Let's do it. So I think we should do it Wednesday. Okay. Um, speaking of fantasy, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but uh, Brian and I have been in a league with our friends from high school for, I don't, you weren't in the original with Gumby and Glenn and all them. I am in the original now, which is not what it's it, what it used to yeah, be. Yeah, it's like the original adjacent kind yeah. of. Yeah, um, well, it's still the same. I think it's still the same league. It's just people have been swapped out so many times. It, well, it used to be on ESPN, which anybody who does fantasy knows that that was tragic. Yeah, uh, yeah, Yahoo's definitely the superior it's, platform. It's a lot better. But I have the number one pick. You do. I know. We found that out this morning. Jace comes in with the text. Very unlucky for everyone else involved, considering. Oh. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm going to go out on the record yeah, and some say... Some people don't like the first pick. Well, they're wrong. I mean, I don't know, because then you get last pick and second round. Which... I, so I would have thought that... I, I wouldn't have had such a hard stance on this before, but talking to some sharp people who do, like, best ball and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, it seems as though first pick is very heavily favorable. So I think if you asked me what pick I would want, I would say first. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it seems it seems quite yeah. reasonable. But some people like so I got the six pick, right. which a lot of people like that, like being right in the middle. Mm. That sounds um, like classic tortoise strategy. That man. is yeah, definitely that a tortoise yeah. strat. What are you gonna do, Burke? Because you have a big decision to make. I think between the two top stars uh, of fantasy, I'm probably just gonna auto draft it. <laughs> I think uh, if you auto draft, I think you'll get. Um, I I'm I a big McCaffrey CMC. fan. Uh, I'm a yeah. I'm a big McCaffrey fan. I'm a little concerned about the fact that he's a bit injury prone, but he catches so many balls. Yeah. That, uh, you know, I I just think he's the guy to have. Um, so that's the, there was a lot of discussion about that in the off season about injury prone and is, is that a thing? Um, I think in some instances it is. In his, it's not because all his injuries were unrelated. Well, you know, they were just... kind of just freak accidents that that kind of happened. It was just like. You know, if you, Yo, man, if, you if, have, if you're breaking bones and tearing tearing ligaments, nah, I, yeah, but like if you have like consistent like soft tissue injuries, then it's like okay, maybe you are like, you know, you have a, you have a, <clears throat> but like if, I think if they're like so unrelated, then I think it was just kind of like. Well, I think there's probably some correlation to the style that he plays. Yeah, like that is true. Isn't right? there just the like the life expectancy, so to speak, of a running back in the NFL. Like not very, very low. It's very low, right? Because mm-hmm. the work rate is so high. Years, well, especially yeah. like when you're a McCaffrey type who's kind of small. He's a, he, he's more of the scat back type of build, but yeah. he's mm-hmm. used as an every down back type of... But he should be fresh. He hasn't really played in the last couple of years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm on it. Uh, I'll consider it. But uh, really, the whole reason why it's unfortunate that I got the first pick is because of the 12-man league that we're in, or the 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 twelve ten. team league that we're 12 in. Twelve or ten? Mm, good question. Don't I know. I think it's ten. You want to know why I don't know? Because there's only one other competent person in the entire league, and that's you. <laughs> so uh, it's. Nah, Sean's pretty good. Is he? Yeah, I think so. Nah, I don't trust it. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't trust so it. So the the uh, debate or like discussion of like pick one is Jonathan Taylor or CMC, right? That yes. seems to be the debate. Uh, I might just go Najee. Just be just, <laughs> just, a real just to give myself a challenge. Yeah. I mean, you also you know? have Derrick Henry. Dude, right please do that, Burke. Please take right. Najee first. I get the number one pick, and I start Whatever picking f- mid-round guys. Somebody's gonna fall to me because sure. Najee's not going before six. No, he's probably think. seven. I don't eight. know what I'm gonna do. It depends, I guess, who falls to me. Um, Justin Jefferson would be nice. I think getting him sixth in a full PPR. Probably oh, yeah, good. it is full point PPR. Yeah. See, I think that would make me lean McCaffrey too. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna ask if it was PPR or half PPR. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't even know these things. I just show up and I work the waiver wire because for whatever reason, LeMan and I are the only two who ever put in waivers weekly. Well, yeah, because people underestimate uh, or overestimate um, how valuable they're holding on to. Because the, the way this league works, it's, it's uh, use it or lose it. Mm-hmm. Or, 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 you know, if you, if you keep it, then, yeah, once you, once you use it, you go to the bottom of the list, um, which is not how waivers should work. But that's another story. I digress. Um, this so, is the tortoise on waivers. Yeah, no, but um, so like nobody, they just try to hold on to it for like, oh, there's going to be that one week when that guy just gets, but it's just like, oh, well, if you, if you're like third on the list, you're never getting them anyways. Right. So and they're also counting on the fact that like, they're going to be able to predict that if guy. If you have the yeah. number one, it, it, it's worth a lot. Way, 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 way more than number two. <laughs> it's like you're kind of waiting for never, so to speak. Yeah. You're like and hoping so, one guy shows up. Right, and... so we're just out there just grabbing whoever we want off waivers. Which I, is nice. I th- honestly, like, no joke, I think that we were in the triple digits in, like, waiver acquisitions last year, and the next closest <laughs> was, like, seven. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, like, the idea of a fantasy league 
always sounded so nice to me because I remember when I was like in school, like lower school, middle school, all the kids that like were friends, like they all had their fantasy football leagues. Mm -hmm. And I would always think like, oh, like maybe I want to be part of the fantasy football league. I was never a part of the fantasy God, football mm. league. This gets so sad. Well, it, can be, it can be heartbreaking to be in the fan. Berkey, you had a pretty heartbreaking end of your season last year. I don't know if you remember or not. I do. <laughs> he I missed the playoffs, folks. Oh, yeah. By one yard of a field goal. Mm -hmm. it, it was one. Facts. If, if, it, I forget who was your kicker. I don't remember. It was. Um, it might have been what's his face uh, on the Chiefs. Maybe, yeah. Well, whoever yeah. it was kicked a, uh, I think it was a 50-yard field goal. And if it was 51, oh, no, it was 49. 49. I'm sorry, it was 49. Yeah. But if they would have kicked it, was 50 if it, plus, if it was 50, you would have got the extra point and made the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, a lot of variants, very unlucky. Uh, I, I had a terrible team last year, very prone not prone, very full of injuries. Uh, I think by end of season, I only had like one drafted starter. Yeah. So you have you have CMC as one, mm -hmm. Don Taylor two, whatever. Mm -hmm. Mix them up. Who do you think is number three for a PPR league? For PPR, Eckler. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. Eckler. Eckler yeah. yeah, I could see that. I would have never thought that. Mm -hmm. Like that wouldn't have been the first yeah. off the top of my head. I would have definitely went Dalvin Cook. Yeah. No. Yeah, Eckler catches. No, so Cook many doesn't catches. catch a lot of passes. Um. Yeah, but Eckler's he, just been he's so, a banger. so so great. But yeah. Running backs are just like always prioritized as like first picks. Only right? if they're only if they're pass catchers. Right, right, of yeah. course. I just mean like it's not it's not a receiver. Right, but it's like Derrick Henry's the Derrick Henry's of the world kind of fall. Right, because they just yeah. aren't worth as much. And last they year, have him as number yeah. five actually though. Plus yeah. Eckler last year, um, he started getting like um, you know uh, uh, goal line carries, which yeah, he yeah. wasn't before, and that just puts that's he was already valuable without getting those goal line carries. Now right. he's getting them. So good. Fucking Saquon needs to go to a new team. They yeah. got him as 10 here, and he would be way better anywhere else. Man. Talent wasted. Speaking of Saquon, former Penn State alum. God, he was a pleasure to watch in college. Oh. Very sad. He hasn't really panned out for the Giants. Got stuck on a shit squad. It's like getting drafted by the fucking Browns. It was like yeah. bad squad plus. some injuries, too, which Yeah, sucks. bad squad plus injuries, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, he tore his ACL once, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Once is a lot. Uh... <laughs> His his team was in action last night. Penn State and Pitt both opened on Thursday Penn night State, football. Both pull it out in the final seconds. PSU on the road versus a uh, probably mediocre Purdue team. <laughs> I, I don't have high Neither hopes. Neither one were ranked. Yeah, first. yeah. This was amazing. There were. So, Sean Clifford is a four-year starter. He was a Heisman hopeful at one point. Uh, I don't remember if it was last year or the year before, but Penn State was, like, in the top five in rankings. Yeah. He was leading the charge. They were on pace to do it all. Uh, he gets hurt. They end up losing to, I think it was Minnesota they got upset by, Minnesota mm -hmm. or Illinois. Yeah. And then uh, he, like, couldn't come back versus Wisconsin, and they lose a barn burner. Uh, by barn burner, I mean, I think it was like a 10-9 game or some bullshit like that. Um, and then by the time he came back, he just like wasn't the same. Penn State ended up with like five or six losses. Barely a bowl team. Yeah, it was brutal. Full um, collapse. This, this, uh, th this whole Sean Clifford experiment is 
very strange because like Lamana kind of said something off or, or pre-production where it's like when you have somebody like this who's a veteran quarterback in college that like had all this promise you get a little bit excited behind it but then there's this notion of like well he's a fourth or fifth year guy if he were really that good he wouldn't fucking be here no, it'd be right it'd be in the nfl by now so yeah it's, it's tough yeah i mean hopefully like you know for penn state's sake hopefully that's a little bit born out it, of injury it was nice to see so he made just an awful awful throw they were winning the game by four points with like eight minutes to go and he just makes a terrible terrible throw intercepted the guy makes an amazing uh return and runs it back for a touchdown give purdue the lead um and then he just comes back with an awesome drive to win the game which yeah there were seven lead changes in this game yeah it's pretty wild it's all back it, and forth it's not very game. encouraging for penn state i don't think purdue's gonna be a good team no, no they're perennially average you know it's a big 10 team on yeah. the road start the game there's a lot of hype so it's just, those games are always hard. That is true. I was watching, uh, I think it was the Pat McAfee show where uh, they were talking about, they were debating whether to start um, Mr. Biscuit or, uh, <laughs> or Kenny Pickett mm -hmm. uh, for opening day. And he was just hardcore on, even if you don't plan on having Trubisky as your starter for game two and beyond, you absolutely should start him game one on the road in Cincinnati because opening day in the NFL and similarly in college, maybe even more exaggerated in college because of the, the student section and how hype everything gets said, so that's, that's a playoff atmosphere. Yeah. Mm. Like day, AFC champions. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like you're facing the AFC the, championships. Yeah. Everybody's record is zero and zero at this mm -hmm. point. You're on the road in a hostile environment. And like this game is probably a lot more meaningful than week two through 10 will be to any squad uh, across the NFL. So like you want to, roll a veteran out there and you know maybe that's a little bit of uh what you see in in that outcome with uh penn state clifford being the vet that he is mm -hmm. able to recover from a mistake on the road um i i think that uh we actually saw a lot of this like the so being from pittsburgh this is a very weird thing actually uh and i wonder how much of it has to do with like where we grew up like just being so s slightly removed from the city yeah, element because we're penn state fans Diehards. Diehards. And, and the majority of people around us, I feel like, uh, leaned Penn State over Pitt. Mm -hmm. Why? How do you come up with that? Like well, I think it was a byproduct of just the era. So the okay. Jopa era had really swung into full effect in the late 80s, early 90s, where they just started winning. Uh, and granted, they Pitt only won. was also really good then, too. Well, they were good in the early 80s with the Marino era, mm -hmm. yeah. right? So 70s too. Yeah, so Pitt won championships in the late 70s, early 80s, mm -hmm. uh, okay. and you know we're we're the favorable team between the two in this like interstate rivalry. Um, they used to play every every year. Right, right. Um, like Penn State was a huge huge rivalry. Penn One State was independent. College football. Right prior hmm? to the Penn State was independent prior to the 90s. I. Before they went to the Big yeah. Ten, they were. Yeah, yes. so they were independent during this whole era where Pitt was just kind of dominating. And they would play year in and year out. Pitt would get the best of them, whatever. As we moved into the late 80s, early 90s, um, I can't remember the, the quarterback. Uh, it's like Black something. Um, Todd, Todd Black, uh, whatever. He, I think he was the one who won the national championship uh, for Penn State. Um, that was like when they moved into the Big Ten, Jopa really finally was getting his just dues as uh, you know, one of the best coaches in all of college football, and Pitt had fallen off. Mm. So that, for us, was when we were like eight, nine, mm. ten right. years old. You're right? here for the hype. Well, it was just what we saw regularly, like what we knew. Yeah. And then also, 
Penn State was always linebacker U, like dating back as far as anybody could remember. So being from Pittsburgh, that that kind of attributed uh, like all of the best, not all of the best, but a lot of the best linebackers in Steelers history came from Penn State. Yeah. Uh, Franco Harris came from Penn State. Jack Ham came from Penn State. Like there was, there was a lot more of um, the transition into the pro that people followed. So I think like our parents, our, our community, whatever, there was this sort of like cultic following of Penn right. State. So I grew up uh, being conditioned to hate Pitt. But mm-hmm. I was such a yinzer that I never truly hated them. And the rivalry had kind of started to dissipate a little bit by the time I was old enough to really pick a side. Yeah. They didn't really play every single year by the time I was in my teens. And, you know, I was just like, whatever. Like, Pitt's, Pitt was Cleveland to me. Like, they were the inferior school. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, I'm a diehard Penn State fan. But, like, I don't really want them to lose. I was also indoctrinated by my dad. Correct, yeah. He, he's huge, was and still is a huge Penn State fan. Hates Pitt. <laughs> He's, as he says, the Pitt fans make you hate them. Very, yeah, very much. <laughs> done. Well, that's so wild because the Pitt fans are Steeler fans, I man. Know, like, and we're all such diehard. Why do you think everyone outside of Pittsburgh of hates course. the Steelers and hates the Steelers fans? They, they can't stand typical Steeler fan, right? That's what we get all the time. Man, I feel and like, like, oh, I feel like I'm Eagles like fans are much like hmm? more rowdy, like Eagles fans. Eagles fans, yeah. Well, uh, I, I think I think that like whenever you look at any. Uh, any like little subsection yeah, yeah. Uh, of the culture of let's call it fandom, most of them are going to be pretty obnoxious. Bills fans, Eagle fans, Giants fans, Jets fans, Steeler fans, whatever, Cowboy fans. Um, but but I think the difference is, is like with Steeler fans and Cowboy fans and maybe Niner fans a little bit, but probably less so now because we're so far removed from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Like these are national teams, mm-hmm. like coast to coast. Like you teams, will find teams that just win. Yeah, well, just more Head so like fans any yeah them. any state you show up in, oh, you will find Steeler fans. You'll find you'll find a Steeler bar. Fans. You'll find Cowboy fans. One. Yeah, there yeah. you go. My dad owned a Steeler bar. Yeah. Well, Fort Lauderdale area is a huge Yinzer mm-hmm. uh, portal. This yeah, is where all the old Yinzers go to die. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's like, where a lot of people go to die is South Florida. Yeah. Yeah. At 65, you get real sick of the fucking snow and yep. you just say like South Florida is the spot that I'm going to get buried. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I grew up like not caring about the backyard brawl. You know, I grew up kind of echoing the pit is shit chant in my, in the back of my head. Things changed though as I got a little bit older. When Larry Fitzgerald became, mm-hmm. uh, and even going He's back, so fun to watch. I mean, yeah, and even going back before him, Darrell Revis, uh, and oh man, the running back is is going to slip my mind. He played for the Jets for a while. Conrad, you should know this. Darrell Revis? No, no, same era, but it was a running back. Uh, oh my God! Who came out I'm, of Pitt? I know now. My mind. He's probably top too. ten all time in yards, and I can't for the life of me think. Curtis Moore. Martin. Curtis, Curtis Martin. Martin. Yes. Thank you. yes <laughs> I didn't thank know you. he came from Pitt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so like they started to accrue a lot of talent in the Larry Fitz years I was watching them just as closely as Penn State not necessarily rooting for them the same way but like dialed in because these guys are fucking talented and I always rooted for Pitt basketball like if I have to choose between the two it was always going to be Pitt over Penn State Penn State was just garbage at basketball yeah so you just went to the team that was actually winning (laughs) well I felt like being from the greater Pittsburgh area oh LaShawn Bandwagon Berkey. Bandwagon Berkey. <laughs> bandwagon Brian. You guys are both bandwagoners. I mean, hey. LaShawn too. No, I just felt like I had the best of both worlds being from the greater Pittsburgh area. I would get to pick and choose uh, these two schools at my, at my will. Yeah, that's how bandwagoning works. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as, I've, as I've grown up, I'm, I'm an equal fan of both. And uh, it was nice to see the backyard brawl getting its shine yesterday. It was. It was the national game. 
Uh, I think Game Day was there um, covering it. Uh, Brian said that it broke all attendance records in Pittsburgh sports history. Really? Wow. Yeah, 70,000 and change, which they don't, I mean, they don't, Man. that's, you know, they've never had a bigger, like, Heinz Field is the biggest stadium that they have. So um, I, I'm sure there were some Steeler playoff games that have, are, like, close second. But Yeah, the- so two things I want to comment about this. Like, one, my <laughs> initial knee-jerk reaction to that was like, wow, that's insane, right? But then thinking back to it, it's like, bro, it's college football. Penn State's home games get 107,000. Yeah, that, yeah, that's not, well, like, so I, I, well, there was someone, whoever tweeted that out about uh, it breaking the record, you know, like, uh, I think, you know, the, of course the Penn State fans were right in the comments. Yeah, yeah. They were like, oh, that's a, that's, a, that's a random, like, game against UMass up at Happy Valley. Right. <laughs> uh, but the other thing that's worth acknowledging here is when I was in college, uh, I had a lot of friends who went to Pitt, and there were just times that they would get student tickets, free tickets, whatever, and I would go down and I would attend games. Yeah. So this is like the early days of Heinz Field. Heinz Field might have been open for like four years, three years, something along those lines. Empty. Their average attendance was like 21,000, mm-hmm. right? Like barely filled a third of the stadium. Yeah. Pitt's come a long fucking way as a program, right? Like a long way. They, they were a nationally ranked team last year. They opened the season this year at 17, I believe. This isn't the Pitt team that we grew up with no. in the 90s. No, they, it sounds they're... like you might actually like this team. Yeah, they're from Pittsburgh. I, I still no, think, no, I, mean, I still think, um, not the Penn State. I think this was like a one off. I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to. No, like, they're not going to start fills, selling out. They'll fill that stadium every, every week in and week out. Of course. Yeah. It's, it's just not the same. Like when you're a city team, as opposed to being in the middle of fucking nowhere, middle of, I mean, Pennsylvania right. is like farmland and happy Valley yeah. and that's it. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there, the people come far and wide. It becomes the third biggest city in all of Pennsylvania. On game, game day, day yeah. college football is fucking massive. It's wild, man. It's mm. massive. It, it's it's such man. a wild electric environment. Like there's man, just no. That's funny. Duplicating it, it. just reminds me because like when I was at college at Florida State, um, Florida State was definitely like a football school to some regards. But then like when I was there, uh, didn't do as well. But like I never went to any games. I never went to any games. Like saw the atmosphere. Yeah, you missed out. I I thought that, but at the time. I realized like I had other priorities and didn't really see the enjoyment. You say this. You say this every time you pass up on fun. It's a fucking three-hour game. First off, yo, the first yeah. game I ever went to was Michigan Ohio State last year. Um, insane. Yo, in the snow, it was fucking insane. First, yeah. Pe- first Penn State game I ever went to was with Lamana and his family. Mm-hmm. It was Penn State versus Michigan in 1995 when uh, Charles Woodson won the Heisman. And they broke us. We were, we were both national title contenders that season. The year prior, Penn State had finished tied for first with an undefeated season. Kerry Collins at the helm, Kajana Carter. And they Walking got fucking... Nebraska. They got absolutely <laughs> screwed in the, in the national poll. Yeah, it should have been at least uh, shared. Uh, at actually. least, bare minimum. Yeah. Um, so the following season, we go 95. This Brady wasn't there yet, right? He might have been. He might have been. 95 to 99 that seems about right it might have been his it might have been his first season but it was when charles woodson won the heisman and he just absolutely dashed us and i don't know if you remember hundred and ten thousand people in the stand the whole place it's freezing it's snowing it's disgusting and there's this fucking michigan fan behind us every time they got a first down go 
Move the chains! Move the chains! Yo. Move the chains! I, we had one as well. Added so his brutal. fucking... Actually, both games we went to, because uh, me and Corey went to the Michigan-Ohio State game, and then we went to the Michigan-Georgia um, game yeah, yeah. in Florida. But um, we had one of those. I'm not sure which game it was. That the same exact guy, he must have been, I don't know, 5'3 and like 120 pounds soaking wet. And he was doing the fucking rah in our face every single down. Listen, man. That's dangerous, man. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Like, I would go to these things now, but then I just didn't feel it. Like, I just... It, you you didn't feel years. the sense of uh, allegiance to your college. Not allegiance to my college. More so, like, self-confidence. You know, like, I just didn't have a lot of fun and, like, go out. But, like, now I would. Like, I would go to a game now. Yeah, like I, I, I would have more fun. Like, I would go with friends or whatever and, like, mm -hmm. enjoy that time. But back in college, like, I was in the down sad days. Sure. So Pers when I was down sad, I didn't want to do anything. I was being down sad. Personally, for me, I just... From the Northeast, there is no fucking college football it's true. team that it's you really want to watch weird, from man. like my my area. It's really weird because professional sports are concentrated to the Northeast, like well, yeah. the most dominant the most dominant markets, the biggest markets. Mm -hmm. uh, a, a lot of the two market teams are heavily concentrated to the Northeast. But when it comes to college, like you're right, it, Boston has BC and like they're second tier, mm -hmm. right? Like is New it York, because like um, land is this like. Yeah, city, city schools just don't city schools just don't have the ability to be as expansive as country yeah. schools. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's like when you look at the biggest schools in the nation, specifically, I mean, almost all of them are in the Big Ten. Not not to slight the SEC, like it's obviously a better conference, more talented conference. But when you're talking about like sheer attendance numbers, I think the Big Ten is a pip Ohio above. Ohio State's huge. Ohio State's huge. Michigan's huge. Penn State's huge. Michigan State is huge. Yeah, like, I never realized how mm -hmm. fucking big like college football was until like I really went to the game last year. And I was mm -hmm. like, yo. The, they're, they're a fan base undivided. They don't have a professional team to rival. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it's like, sure, when you go to Happy Valley, you run into a bunch of Steeler fans, Eagle fans, Giant fans, Jet fans, and Raven fans. But they all come together to be Penn State fans, right? Yeah. And they're not distracted by pro ball because, like, if you live in Lancaster, you you don't have an allegiance. You don't care that much about Philly. It's still two and a half hours away. You don't care about Pittsburgh. It's three and a half yeah. hours away. You don't have uh, a sense of pride locked to these cities because you're too far away. Brent Brent Hanks, his whole family is from uh, Western New York, and they are just diehard Penn State fans. Yeah, they go down to the games, and yeah, it's not that far for them. Three-hour drive, just like us. Yeah, but like, yeah. the alternative would be right. uh, Buffalo, right? Which is like a tiny school that mm -hmm. doesn't really mean anything. It's also two and a half, three hours away. Yeah. Shout out to Crazy Jim for the super chat. <laughs> hey, hey, Melissa. Jim wants to move on to poker. I appreciate the super chat. We don't have any poker to talk about today, bro. Yeah, no poker. Uh, I mean, there'll be a little bit towards the end, but it's not going to be a very in-depth discussion. So. You're going to have to suffer along with Melissa for this. I'm, in, I'm just in the chat with them. Yeah, you're keeping them company. That's good. I, I see you. We're spilling tea. That, that's exactly what we need for this show. Um, so anyway, just to wrap up on the Backyard Brawl, uh, I, I think that uh, obviously the attendance was great and the fact that it came down to the final play is so incredible. Mm -hmm. This rivalry between Pitt and WVU has outgrown, I think, the previous rivalry between Pitt and Penn State. Mm. Um They've been playing for 100 years. Yeah, and it's, it's, years, it's yeah. kind of weird because they're closer together uh, distance-wise than Pitt and Penn State, mm -hmm. even though Pitt and Penn State are only a two-and-a-half-hour uh, drive or so. 
uh, Morgantown is a little bit closer at like one and a half. And they draw a lot of the pit talent well, the same way Penn State does, right? Yeah. Like Pat McAfee is a yinzer through and through. And he's tweeting fuck pit last night mm-hmm. because he went to WVU, you right. know. Uh, so it came down to a final play as well. Pitt manages to pull off the miracle here. Daniel's going to throw yeah. on first down, goes to the sidelines, has a man wide open, and it's Man, <laughs> that's he incredible. Just, uh, he really dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> I mean, it was like, like wow. Like, it's like, sometimes when you say, that's like, that's not a bad joke, that's a rad joke. That's a fucking rad joke, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to use that one in like a real context, but that was just some real context, man. That was a that was a that wow. was an easy first. That was an easy. I'm first. uh I'm so happy to see them go back to the to the throwback unis and get rid of the navy blue and the off gold. Yeah, they've been using those for a for while, a while think, but yeah. like it's such a honestly, I think that's a big part of why Penn State uh, fan base is so much larger and kind of outgrew it. Is it's so traditional, right? Nothing has changed for a hundred years there. <laughs> Yeah, right. Like their uniforms have been the same. Like it's it's all about the brand, uh, you know, with the exception of that black eye between 2012 and <laughs> whatever, maybe to know. current date. Yeah, we just tough years, tough years. Yeah, tough um, years. But yeah, I mean, I, I thought that that was a great opening. It was great for the city of Pittsburgh. Very good for the state of Pennsylvania to open up this way. Um, I don't get as excited for college football anymore. Yeah, me either. I just don't. Pro sports are so much better. It's funny because I almost had to like force myself to watch the game yesterday. Not, like not force myself, but it was just like I was like, eh, it's on, all right. I'm gonna watch it. And then it was an amazing game, the yeah, Penn State yeah. game. I I flipped back a little bit to the pit game, but mostly watched the Penn State game. And it was an amazing game. I'm like, I'm glad I watched this. Yeah. I don't know how he was wide the fuck open on with um, within ten yards of the. This the happens all the time. This happens all the time. Bro, that's college football in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Like. They wow. There was a five-yard distance between him and the defender. Like wow. I've, I've re, we Col- played it like six times. College yeah. football is moving, <laughs> moving the ball between the twenty and twenty-yard line a lot. Yeah. A lot it's, of it's zone a lot of scoring, a lot of zone coverage. Yeah, like that's the thing. That's why Alabama churns out so much talent because they run these pro-style offenses versus college defenses, right? And it's like when you're just up against zone D a lot and a lot of cover two, Fuck, you just pick them apart. But how do you just not run like? Man to man, superior athletes. Because if the you get the beat, best athletes are generally on offense. They're trying to just get the OT. They're well, just trying to prevent a little bit. No, no, they were winning. Defense. They were winning. Yeah, they no, were winning tied. by four. Was oh, oh it was wait, tied. wait, wait, what are we talking about? Which I was game? Saying, uh, Penn, State, game. Penn State. Penn State. Penn State. I'm talking oh, Penn, about, State. No, Penn State. Penn State. No, they wasn't tied. It no, was, I wasn't talking about that game. I was talking about the one that we just saw. With yeah, the, the pick game was tied. Yeah, that game was tied. They're just trying to get the OT at that point, playing defense, right? Like you're sort of trying to. You mean Pitt? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yes. So, like, when you're playing a lot of zone coverage and trying to like allow them to kind of move, but then not get there, it's kind of where they're trying to go. But when you play man and you just get beat one on one because someone's just faster than you, like, we'll be seeing you. <laughs> yeah. It's it's also just one of those things where uh, on the defensive side of the ball, usually the the most <clears throat> athletic group or the most talented group tends to be like at the linebacker D line core. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know running is such a big part of. Uh, college football's offense so it, yeah. it's, it's about plugging those lanes and that's where you see a lot of the talent get churned out it's rare whenever you see like really well evolved secondary men right, right like, like we really haven't seen corner. a defensive player win the Heisman in since since Charles Woodson yeah and even then it was as much for being a punt returner and special teamer as it was for being like a lockdown corner man Titeo almost won it 
Man. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> that just shows how poorly, uh, like how bad that group was. The yeah. Manziel was the winner, right? That his year. Yeah. yeah. So Man. Manziel was a winner. He was a bust. Mantateo came in second. He was like it, a semi bust. It's also kind of tough, right, from the defensive side of the ball to try to become like a, an effective superstar. Like in, it happens offense, though, man. Levar Arrington happen. was like hype as fuck when he was at Penn State. Like yeah. people couldn't wait to draft him in the first round. Yeah, there's so many Aaron good Donald. like. Running yeah. backs, another <laughs> back, another pit He was a fucking animal. They're a lot more fun to watch, you know. From the well, defensive side of the ball, it's not very few people have that impact. Well, especially in in college football where it's so right. wide open, you have to stand exactly. out so much. Yeah. There's people that just have insane stats for the season, and it's like, man, this guy's fun to watch. Just gets open, gets yeah, that, and that you know that's why you see what you see out of Alabama. Like people just can't run with them. Right. right, it's just they're just beating people up week in and week out because yeah. they have guys like Najee carrying the load. Little shout out to the running back that I'm gonna take first overall. You know, I'm just <laughs> saying, yeah. please do. <laughs> All right, uh, you're gonna get your wish here. Move on, Crazy Jim. We're gonna move a little bit on to uh, some poker news that took place uh, yesterday. It was announced that Bet on Drew will be partnering with Rounders Card House in San Antonio. Uh, it appears from the announcement that he's actually going to be taking over the stream team and leading all that. I believe mm. there might be a preview video there, Guapo, if you scroll down. I could be wrong, though. Um, no, no, no. It was actually in the same tweet. Oh, my bad, my bad. Okay, so... Uh, not that important, but basically, uh, I think that that means that he's basically going to be creating run of show, um, dictating like how the lineups. That's a good question. It seems like that's what it is. Okay. Uh. No. As in, that's his sole job, like he or would that's be a like part the of Feldman, his job. No. Okay. 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 Yes. Yeah. Uh. To be clear, though, like, uh, uh or I guess, uh, to expand upon that, um. Feldman's also like basically the executive producer of Hustler. And I took that to mean the same with Drew in the sense that uh, they have final say of what goes out to the public. He's like, what's the title say? Head of stream operations? I think so. Something along those lines. Uh, I don't have it in yeah. front of me. Um, but yeah, that's a big job. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's see. I've partnered with Rounders. Uh, yeah, to be their live stream. Um, be taking over live stream operations so yeah i mean it seems like that means uh he'll have a lot on his plate uh, he's gonna have to deal with uh curating lineups i would imagine to your to melissa's point so if you're trying to play at uh rounders out in san antonio trying to get in some good games maybe hit up your man bet on drew um and it seems like you know he'll have a heavy hand in the actual production aspect of things too he's still an acr pro yeah. correct i believe so so I wonder how that helps or conflicts with his obligations to ACR. Well, I, think I, would, gonna, uh, I would assume it uh, helps because they can promote ACR on that. Yeah, I think it's going to um, pay, uh, piggyback off one another. Well, I, just, I guess I was saying, like, I wonder how much he'll be playing. Uh, oh, for ACR? Yeah. Or I mean, does it matter? Like, I as long as he's patched up. Yeah, it, I don't think it matters. No. It kind of gels in his responsibilities. I wonder if he'll be playing on the stream a lot. Maybe, probably. I mean, you kind of have to, right? If I was making the lineups, I would want to play. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that. But, I mean, like, you know, you don't see Ryan play that much because they have a big pool to draw from. Yeah. So there's no reason. But you reason. do see Nick play a lot. That's true. 
that is true um and in the rounder situation like the pool is much smaller so i imagine that they're gonna have a need for him to jump in the mix and yeah you know be willing to throw down maybe we'll see a bunch of like acr people playing <laughs> it's pretty know. sharp if that's the case i mean it's kind of taking a, a page out of polk's book for what he's doing at the lodge uh <laughs> what joey. joey is funny <laughs> what do you say acr still at it Phil Nagy was spotted using ACR profits to register the 200k in Cyprus. <laughs> no way. Is he joking or is he serious? Well, obviously, that's what he's doing. He's just joking. I mean, he's what? registering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's different if he's like, you know, <laughs> directly taking from ACR. Yeah, yeah like, well, I mean, like, he's he he. Like sending his ACR. It's indirectly. No, but like ACR. imagine that he just like is in Cyprus and he sends out a tweet like, "Have ACR." <laughs> <laughs> Have ACR need 200k? Need 200k in Cyprus bucks. <laughs> in Cyprus bucks. Yeah, that's the currency there, right? CB. Cyprus, Cyprus bucks. bucks? Yeah. yeah. Rampage replies, I got you. Yeah. Will you take Bitcoin? Yeah. Will you take Just credit my account? Will you take Rampage bucks? Right. Yeah. Oh man. You think you think Nagy would sell it a Markdown if Rampage uh, was willing to make that deal? Like if point, if like point nine. Yeah, if Nagy's like, uh, need 200k in Cyprus, can, can send ACR or, or crypto, and Rampage is just like, send ACR and I'll give you 185. No, because he probably expects Rampage to deposit that anyway. That's true. <laughs> Based. That is true, man. Oh, poor Rampage. Well, speaking of Joey, since he's in the chat, shout out, to, shout out to Mr. Ingram. He made a big announcement today, uh, Tuesday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. He's going to have the one and only Bryn Kenny on his podcast. Mm -hmm. Rumor is they will be doing ayahuasca and licking frogs. If Joey does not do the combo inoculation, I'm disappointed. Yeah, I, I don't even know what we're talking about if, yeah, uh, if he's not going to be yeah. in on the combo. If we don't see frog poison, we don't want to talk. Like, yeah. bro, do you even... If you don't have those dots on your arm wounded from <laughs> frog poison being dripped in them, I'm unsubscribing. Yeah, I'm kind of out. Uh, oh. Like, bro, do you even... Do you even do yoga? Have you done yoga? To Have you even you tried do yoga? yoga before the podcast or you're going to be dropped in steaks? Honestly, a legendary <laughs> move would be if he opened the pod eating Taco Bell. Taco Bell, 100%. Yeah. Good <laughs> and Joey's eating Taco Bell. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, think, I think there needs to be, I'm not trying to make Joey do anything, but I think there needs to be some level of trolling his guest. There's got to be. In the process. I think he usually, he usually does that a little bit. Yeah. Joey's gonna be out here with the crunch wrap supreme. Yeah, like ima <laughs> imagine, imagine uh, he just like opens the stream to start talking to, or he goes live with with Bryn, right? And as as they go live and he's introducing himself with the the introduction that only Poppy can give, a uh, you know the the shot cuts to Bryn, and the um, the Pepe meme is just covering Bryn's face <laughs> Pepe the frog is just yeah, there the covering Bryn's face and then when it cuts back to Joey he's just snacking on a on a crunch wrap supreme yeah yeah, yeah. I, can, <laughs> I like a good I like a good uh meme intro um so we can make that happen we're eating like frog legs yeah uh, you don't know because you need the you need true. the poison from the frog you that don't want to kill the frog yeah I you, wonder if the poison I feel like probably not but I wonder if Bryn um like pre told him things he is and isn't allowed to ask yeah that's actually a really good point um i question. think we were all incredibly <laughs> critical of sarah herring 
right. for giving Bryn a softball interview. And uh, honestly, that kind of like bothers me and hurts me a little bit because like I love Sarah to death. So like I don't want her getting dragged yeah. for what may have been or may not have been a poker news decision. Uh, and even if it was a personal decision of hers, it's because of their relationship. It's not because... Um, yeah, and like, also like he chose that on purpose. Yeah, like somebody so. else could have done the interview if, if there was a conflict, yeah. right? So I guess I'm, I'm bringing all of that up to come full circle and say like, we have high expectations of Joey now, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, uh, that's something definitely worth mentioning. Like, I'm not exactly sure how I would even personally approach this interview. Like, Well, it's hard to like... It's hard to interview somebody or even have a conversation with someone who is sort of putting on a shtick and like not really willing to be honest. Yeah, that's kind of the thing, right? Like you can ask as many challenging questions as you want, but if they're like, honestly, I thought Vertucci did a really good job of grilling Helmuth. Mm -hmm. I expected something very different Mm -hmm. because I feel like they align in certain ways. Um, But he really did dig into a lot of the uh well what about this with regard to your ego what about this what about that right and phil just kept kind of giving him the trumpian responses yeah like i think probably going with specifics is probably the move right i think so it has to be right and and then also being unwavering because i think it's very easy in these interview type scenarios i I think this is really what separates the the best of the best the world-class interviewers that we see on 60 minutes and and things of that nature the barbara walters barbara walters walter cronkite like the legendary stranger to landon you you love (laughs) what do you mean that that was his first crush he didn't know who barbara walters was. please i didn't he didn't want to admit to it he didn't he didn't want to admit to it he didn't want to admit to it he didn't want to admit to being in love with a gilf a gilf (laughs) that is his type i don't know i don't know who that is but i just like when melissa does the voice that's my type what is the voice? You did the the, the Baba uh, Wawa. Baba Walters, yeah, but that. that's like yeah, not yeah. actually her voice. It just uh, sounds funny. <laughs> I, just, I can't close. remember who played her on Saturday Night Live, but she did a really great impersonation. Sherry O'Terry. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, yeah, so amazing. Fantastic Barbara mm-hmm. Walters impersonation. Uh, her, <laughs> like to the point where like her lips were just like a little bit loose and smacky. <laughs> uh, it was really spot on. Mm. But yeah, like I think what separates them from amateurs like us is that they really do go into the interview uh with intent and completely agnostic to the person that they're interviewing at least it comes off that way right in what sense in the sense that like when an interviewee starts to duck questions or Mm -hmm. sidestep things they are just unwavering Mm -hmm. like they just do not miss that follow-up question like they don't they're not scared of making them angry or them threatening to leave exactly they play to win yeah 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 like to them a win is getting the truth and uh secondary to that they're very happy to just see somebody walk off or storm out of an interview or Mm -hmm. like asking the questions that the people would want to ask yeah like i don't know um i think it was a interview with some might have been like a serial killer or something but Mm. they were like really charismatic and the interviewer was just super fucking hardball on them and that was very satisfying to watch Mm -hmm. i feel like i saw this I feel like yeah, it was something too. we were watching on Netflix. Sounds, Maybe, yeah. yeah, it sounds very familiar. Yeah, I, I, I can't put my finger. There, well, there's been a bunch. Did you of see the John, Did you see the John McAfee documentary? Uh, John McAfee. The oh oh yeah the the antivirus yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. I started it. Holy shit! I started it and um I 
for some reason I didn't finish it, but it was it was it was what slow I'm and steady, saying, Ryan. It was great. Slow and steady. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes him a few days to get you through know, it. Though. Just, I, I'm, I'm tortoising it, you know. It's just, I'll get it done by the end of the year. Do you think fucking Brian watches it? It's an hour and a half. Point zero five. Well, ninety <laughs> minutes for Lamana. You know, like we all watch we all watch it in, in either normal speed or one and a half x. Yeah. I watch it half. Yeah, he's the point two five x type of watcher. It's yeah. like this one's gonna take me about a week. <laughs> I try just trying to decipher everything that's going on. To, hey, to your credit, you really soak in the facts, man. Exactly. You know, you don't miss a fucking detail. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, this guy, man. Holy shit. That's uh, crazy. So there's I'm, I'm I'm I don't think I'm giving anything away, but like there are there it ends with like a wink at the camera kind of thing, indicating that like there's a chance that he faked his death and is still alive. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um but man, if you don't know about John McAfee, this guy is a fucking menace. <laughs> Like, uh, it's almost certain that he killed his neighbor in, I think, Belize? Yeah, he went to Belize. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he was just on, like, some rich island where money buys you everything that you ever need, and you get seclusion, and uh, you, you get to be safe from other governments that are coming after you and things of that nature. And his neighbor just hated his dogs and oh, poisoned no. four of them. <gasps> no. And okay, then, you know what? Deserved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Deserved. Yeah. Next day, neighbor dead. You poison my dog, I will poison you. That's how <laughs> no, it works. Not even poisoned. No, I think shot. he just like got shot yeah, in the head. Just dead. No frog poison, yeah. He went John Wick on them. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. And then he was just like on the run for, it seemed like half a decade. What was wild to me, I don't know how much of it you've seen, but like <laughs> he was running from... Only like the first... Like, I think he was I'm running... i finish it tonight. Actually. Okay, so I think he was running from the Belize <laughs> government. Uh... I think he was running for the Belize government mm-hmm. and maybe also uh, had an issue in the United States, but it was lesser. Right? They were like documenting as he was like trying to escape the country. Documenting all of yeah. this. But then the craziest part is somewhere halfway in between, he runs for president in yeah. the Libertarian Party. I remember <laughs> that. I remember that. Like, oh, I remember watching like some, you, there was like a <laughs> YouTube debate because uh, it wasn't on like mainstream yeah debates. yeah it's the libertarian yeah party. and i was like this guy this it's... guy's the guy that made the antivirus software <laughs> i get mad i get mad at them once a fucking year because like i completely forget that like i have it like from probably for some random computer i don't even use anymore I just get i just look at my account and like $160 what? gone to McAfee. Oh my God. Oh like, no. God damn it. Oh like, how do God, I cancel this? You. I have no idea. You keep paying him for So yeah. the thing with the McAfee antivirus, uh, uh, given the whole backstory, he was like a brilliant programmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was born in the 40s, like very brilliant mathematician. It's, it's the same thing you hear about all these sociopathic types, right? Uh, brilliant pr- uh, pr- program, pr- uh, computer programmer, eventually developed the McAfee antivirus, right? And it was all you know under this notion that good computer hackers and programmers can build these things that infiltrate algorithms similarly to the way a virus infiltrates the body and you know you need this this malware protection and everything else so it was extremely successful i think uh they said that the mcafee antivirus now is worth something in the neighborhood of, uh, I mean, i'm gonna get this wrong it's either 1.6 billion or 16 billion something along those lines i think 16 that sounds more it sounds accurate. more like yeah. It, yeah so it's it's still but That'd be worth more than Beachbody. But they implied, <laughs> the implication throughout the entire documentary was that he had access to every computer ever yeah, that right. installed the McAfee antivirus. Which was like 90% of them. Yeah, so it's it, like the implication was that he built a backdoor 
through the antivirus system where he was just data scraping mm -hmm. and had full act so they were saying that he had secrets on like all these government spies like hell yeah Le leak it leak it all we these, see. all these foreign nations yeah. uh, the Crazy. united states everything else and then the 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 real reason why he ended up trying to evade the united states at the end was sheer and utter tax evasion yep. so like he <laughs> always comes down to tax evasion he got jailed in spain and they were going to extradite him to the united states to face tax evasion charges and he was expected to spend the rest of his life in prison based off of it uh and i remember him uh like saying something to, along the lines of like you know i've paid millions in taxes in my lifetime and i've my company's paid billions but then earlier in the documentary he said like i like he went on a live stream of some sort so it was like i will never pay income tax again nobody should like uh, uh, you know basically having this uh whole fight against the united states and then he just turns up dead the next day Mm -hmm. um pretty wild conspiracy but mm -hmm. uh, yeah my man's somewhere out there watching the only friends yeah. podcast mm -hmm. right now that's yeah. right i saw a retweet Get it popping, John. Uh, someone Send us retweeted a super chat. him the other day it was like a tweet from 2020 where he's like it started with on the topic of anal fisting these women in thailand are like you know it's talking about like the whole lady boy thing in thailand but yeah. he's but it starts with on the topic of anal fisting it's just like a tweet from john yeah Murphy. i mean casual conversation yeah. he belongs on this fucking set i know <laughs> who would fit in better <laughs> apparently his wife said that the suicide note is a forge so it was his not his wife uh yes, there there was there was this woman that he was engaged with. They were engaged to be married, but I don't think they ever got married. Okay. Um, that uh, for the first half of this documentary, he was with, she helped him flee from Belize. She had, uh, a, an, like, her uncle was like the attorney general or the former attorney general of, I, I can't remember, like the Bahamas or some island that they escaped to. Uh, so like she aided and embedded him throughout all this process. Well, then when he eventually went back to the States, the day he lands in Miami, he, uh, he like hooks up with this prostitute from Miami and within like a few days is married to her. Right. <laughs> and that's his, Normal. that was his like current wife. Whenever she died, mm. uh, she came out and said like, he wasn't suicidal at all. Like this is all there. There's something crazy about this. It doesn't all make sense. And the wink and the nod to the camera at the end was this first woman saying like two weeks after his death, she got a phone call from what, from a person who claimed to be John saying that he had faked his death. He's in such and such location and he wants her to run away with him. Uh, and you know, and whatever. And like, she, they legitimately ended on a freeze frame of her, like looking at the camera like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, uh, it's like the GIF of the, the, yeah, yeah, that's good. It's so, good. it was such a good, like, uh, tip of the cap to the audience, like paying close attention of like just how fucked up this whole story yeah, is. Just how completely absurd the entire situation is. Yeah, and you know, I'm sure that as them them is document or them documenting it throughout, yeah. probably felt the same. There were points where like he was high on bath salts, uh, like in the middle of the ocean on a on a fucking yacht that he bought from the Wolf of Wall Street. Sure. And <laughs> the guy's just documenting it and he's talking to his wife going, should, 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 I, should, should, I, should I just fucking shoot John? Do you want me to shoot? Do you, you want me to, or, or Bob or whatever? Like, you just want me to shoot him right now? I'll shoot him right now. And he just like unholsters his sidearm. Jesus. And he's like, I'm not going to shoot him in the foot. He'll bleed out on us. Like, we don't want to do that. Maybe I'll, or, or, or I'm not going to shoot him in the dick. He'll bleed out on us. Maybe I'll just shoot his foot off. 
And he like unholds her. <laughs> and the guy's just like, I'm fucking done. Like, I'm, like, I'm out of here. Right? Like, I don't, don't want to be here Florida? Anymore. Some Florida man It behavior. does seem like some Florida. Yeah, it was wild. Like, they were talking about the drugs that they had on the yacht. And he literally just gets to bath salts. As though it's just like a common drug. And he's like, <laughs> and these things will just make you go insane. <laughs> Where can you watch this? Netflix. Uh, it's on Netflix. Wow. It's worth it. Uh, I, honestly, I can't spoil it enough. I can tell you every detail of the documentary. You still watch the I whole thing. I would still watch it, yeah. But I'm, I'm the kind of guy, it's like, if you spoil something, I don't really think it's ruined because I want to watch how the story unfolds anyway. Yeah. I, I mean, as best I can tell, this man is just as unhinged as they become. <laughs> yeah. I love it. But also, like, this doc, this doc was very real-time-esque. So uh, you didn't get a ton of his backstory. They didn't do a lot of character development. It was literally just like just this gorilla style. We're following John McAfee throughout this tumultuous <laughs> six-year period. Yeah, that's, it's, kind of, that's kind of sick. It's mm -hmm. like we don't have to do anything. He's the, he's the character in himself. We don't need any background right. information for you. Just, right, right. just watch. It's just like you guys know this guy's a fucking nutcase, right? Now let me show you it unfold in real time. Right. Yeah. What if this is like planned from day one? To like, release it? Yeah, like, what if it was just, like, one huge story to run out? He knows he's going to eventually get fucking arrested for tax evasion and, and, like, have to go through this. Yeah. And, like, maybe it's he just He just wanted to plot. live. Yeah. Maybe it was just the whole plot, and now he's just somewhere like, honestly, laughing at the government. Yeah. It's kind of it's crazy <laughs> in the sense that uh, a lot of these cr true crime docs that I watch on Netflix seem to end with the perpetrator faking a death. Or, or potentially have faked a death. Right. a lot of it. Right? Like, they all end up dead, or so we believe. Right. Yeah. Or are they? And then there's always these conspiracies that, like, are they, though? Yeah. Did Man. Epstein hang himself? No. No. <laughs> Man. <laughs> he probably did. For some reason, apparently I believe some of that the, one. <laughs> apparently some of the documents that um, were seized by the FBI at Mar-a-Lago were documents that were formed right around the time Epstein uh, died. Ooh. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Ooh. Is the, the tortoise stone yeah. is hot to the nose. I, I don't know. I don't know if any of them have anything to do with that, but... Oh, another, be, uh, another conspiracy, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, let's go ahead and... Uh, the case is... Let's, un let's let that one get some legs. You <laughs> cracked the case wide open. We should get Mattisau on. <laughs> I would love nothing more than Mattisau and the tortoise. Oh, just a heads up yeah. episode. To team up. Heads up. Yeah. No, not poker. Not no, poker. not poker. No, heads up here. discussion. Yeah. You, you yeah. know, you know, Brent tried to create that, right? So no. Yeah, we. Um, <laughs> this was a few did. years ago. It was like before the pandemic, and <laughs> it was like I think it was like the day after Thanksgiving, and he just like he's like, hey man, I got. He's like. I got an extra ticket for uh, for the for the Knights game. Uh, sit next to Negrano, Negrano's tickets. He's like, you want you want to come? I'm like, yeah. And so I get there, and it's it's Brent Negrano, and they're like, oh yeah, here's your seat right here next to Mike Madison. Wow. And then I think them two are just like, so let's talk about politics. They're <laughs> 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 yes. trying to stir the shit yeah, up so yeah, bad. Yeah. I would love to see other. Uh, I, I, I talked to him a bunch. Like we actually had like a, a civil conversation, and I. You know, I was talking to Negreanu about certain things because I think he was a Andrew Yang guy at the time, and I was a Bernie guy, so it was sure. like, man, um, the tortoise and the mouth. But, but it was it was actually way more civil than I, they well, wanted it to I, be. For what it's worth, selfishly, I don't want you guys to talk about anything. I don't want you to talk politics or anything like that. 
I want you to be the new dynamic duo mm. of detectives out there solving <gasps> these conspiracies. Ooh, okay. Yes. Right. Right. I'm not that big into conspiracies. No, but theories. he is. Yeah. <laughs> so he can like run them by you yes. and then you can give your opinion on this. This is for sure a show. This is for sure a show. Like <laughs> spin off. The mouth and tortoise conspiracy theory episode one oh one. Conspiracy stories. Yes. With the as long as we get the Jesse the Body Ventura involved. Oh, oh, perfect mediator, really. I can't think of anyone better. Oh, man, this, uh, I think we're on some gold here. I, I really do think that there's something great here. Should we talk about conspiracy theories and uh, the moon landing? Oh, I forgot about that. We did not bring up NASA. NASA. So people, uh, you know, they... Nice, nice segue. Thank you. Well thank done. You. They, um, we're finally going to get the answer to when moon, which is tomorrow. We're going to the moon. Tomorrow, we're literally going to the moon? Well, we're not, but that rocket is. Okay. Um, hopefully. It was supposed to actually launch last Monday. There was a issue with the fuel or something, um, one of the rockets. So they think mm. they're going to be able to yeah, get it always off. always a fucking issue but with these guys. NASA has started a new uh, program to send astronauts back to the moon called Artemis. I kind of like that where like in the sense that there's always an issue because it makes it takes so much care oh, of and course. precision. Well, yeah, I mean obviously, you know, they want uh, they, they do test runs and test runs and test runs and yeah. so the first one tomorrow hopefully it launches is Artemis 1. They're going to uh, send the rocket up. It's going to slingshot around the moon and then come back to Earth they're going to test, you know, everything, the, the heat shield, all that. And then uh, if that's successful, Artemis 2, which they will actually put astronauts on, it'll do the exact same mission, go around the moon, come down. If that's successful, I think 2025 or 2026, they will actually land on the moon with Artemis 3. It'll go land on the moon. They want to, like, have astronauts stay for... Um, I think at least a month, they want to have the first woman, uh, first person of color to land on the moon as well. Um, so that'll be part of it. And they're going to, hopefully, this is going to um, be able to catapult them into sending people to Mars mm. eventually. So if this is all successful, but it's exciting, you know, it's like we're going back to the moon after since what, 1972 was the last time. Okay, someone... so here's a conspiracy theory. Did we go to the moon? I think we did. I mean, I, 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 I mean, there's, there's, you know, some, um, you know, there's, I guess, you know, there's, I could see how people would think we didn't, right? I mean, at the time, <laughs> right saying, no, because like, what, what is the, the big, the big theory is that we were trying to bankrupt, uh, we're trying to win the space race. Trying to, yeah, well, we were trying to like bankrupt. No one likes um, to win a race more than uh, the U.S. Uh, yeah, the Soviet Union as. Because we want them to spend all this money trying to get to the moon right. before us when we weren't actually doing it. I don't. That's that's kind of like. See it. Yeah, but I, I as a you think that true, we went. As what do you think about who's the... so, such a big fan of space? Yeah. And, and I got the shirt on right. right. Uh, I can't let myself believe that we didn't go. Moon landing hope why? lives on, but why? <laughs> why? Why does it seem so difficult then for us to go back? It's not that it's difficult. It's there's. Um, there's no it it has to do with funding it has to do with um you know it was a space race and once we got there and then you know there was nobody else, there was no other people like competing for it. so sure now apparently um china is trying to send people to the moon 
So I think we want well, to So we got to get up there, plant a fucking flag that exactly. looks like it's been there exactly. since the 60s. All over again, it's, it's, we're having a space really, race. It is, it is. So it's like, so that's what drives There's something it. so going it's a, on here. It's a good thing because yeah, we don't want innovation. them to get there first and see right. that there's no goddamn flag from 1969. No. <laughs> yeah. You're right. So we got to hurry exactly up and get up there, I don't put this think, like aged exactly flag. It. I don't think they're going to the sea of tranquility, so I think we won't see it, but uh, maybe. That's what you think. That's what you think. <laughs> yeah, you think this that. first space, yeah, you. you think this first rocket's empty. That has one goddamn flag in it. We don't want to get A man with out. one mission. When, uh -huh. they, when they slingshot around, they're going to like throw it like a dart. There's a chimpanzee in there ready to put the flag in the moon. Yeah, you're goddamn right. This guy's they're gonna put Landon in there to yeah. make sure that no fights break out. Yeah, a little, uh, a little. Dude, little I would creep. love to go to the moon. Yeah. Can we talk about the fact that you think you can submit a nine hundred to two thousand pound animal? I could, I could take <laughs> With the duck. ease. Why did you choose the horse-sized duck over you ten duck-sized horse horses? Is I... between nine hundred and two thousand pounds is the average size of a horse? Yeah. What the fuck is a horse? Yeah, but it has duck, duck attributes now. Yeah, worse. Look, that no, mouth. Skinny neck. The mouth is That's could a, be exactly. enough to just skinny neck, dude. You just you grab it, mm. and you maybe just, if we sent a chimp up and Landon up into space, we could have a moon it would fight. it would it would we even the playing field a little bit, right? With no gravity. That's true. Well, they would both <laughs> be in suits. Fight. <laughs> yeah, they would both be in suits. Uh, mm -hmm. Are you afraid at all of the corkscrew penis that this horse-sized <laughs> duck would be? I would be rocking? more afraid of the. I mean. Let's say, how many times bigger would it be? I don't know, a thousand times bigger? Maybe maybe 800 times bigger than mm, a, a regular duck? Probably, a thousand? A thousand's probably right. So then that beat bill, the duck mm. bill, mm. is a thousand times bigger. Yeah. Yeah. You could probably just, you know, like put its whole, your whole upper body in its mouth. The duck doesn't know that we're fighting. How do you know it doesn't know you're fighting? Because the duck's just going to live its life. I'm going to grab it by its neck. If you start attacking it, it's going to defend itself. I'm not well, going to start I, I, attacking it. I'm going to like, submit it. I think the other You're thing... You're not. I don't think you could just like walk up on a duck right now, a normal-sized duck, yeah. and capture it. I could capture a duck. I, I disagree. Yeah. I strongly disagree, unless you have like some trap in place. Do you want to go put it on video? I watched a video on how to grab a duck. The, the, right, there, there was like a, I just saw this not too long ago. There was actually a video. It was like, this is how you catch a duck. And it was like, or here's, this is the wrong way. It was like somebody just like run running out, up exactly. and the duck just starts waddling away. Hold on, I can, I can actually settle this very easily. Right. Do you think you can beat the shit out of an ostrich? Oh, can, God. Yeah. Oh, you're, oh my god, that ostrich would kill you. <laughs> Ew, it's okay, a, let's set it up. It's got yeah. a skinny neck. I'm not going to fight an ostrich. It would legit you rip would your face never off. Touch that neck. It would kick you and you would die. Yeah, they have talons. They kick mm -hmm. you. They don't kick. Yeah, yeah they, they do. do. <laughs> the you know said nothing about the oh, animal yes. kingdom. It's, it's, <laughs> the pilot said, Landon, I'll pay you nine big blinds per hundred. Hundred heads up matches against three chihuahuas. <laughs> Tell Ryan that if he's not on 75 hard, he owes us his costume. Oh, that's right. <gasps> Oh my god, I forgot. I didn't. Of course you didn't. You're the best. Yeah. Ryan has left the chat. There's no way. <laughs> There's no way he's been doing 75 no fucking hard. Shot. Not one update. Not one. No, oh my god. He's dead. I he's have dead. been, I lost eight pounds. Liar. Where, where, are the, where are the progress picks, wow. DePaulo? Yeah. DePaulo, where's the towel picks? Where are the towel picks? Or just any picks. Let's get the memes going, my man. We, Come said on. That, we said that you had to post the picks on social media. Yeah, Can somebody wait. please tell me where a horse-sized duck came from, by the way? It's, it's like a one horse-sized duck or ten duck-sized horses. Which would you rather fight? 
Uh, duck sized horses are easier. I want to oh, challenge. Oh, I would definitely rather fight the the, the ten duck sized. Yeah, horses. because yeah. horses are prey animals. They, a lot of them would run away anyway. Yeah, and yeah. they're not very well, fast when they're the size of a duck. Right. You want? Like you just like kick oh. them with your foot, like I want or like if you had to fight this giant challenge. Duck, I want to challenge. Very, very yeah, I mean, like but you are so overconfident versus animals. Oh, he says day 15 again on a redo. Yo, I don't know no, if we offered any redo. We didn't redos. offer a fucking redo. Whoa. Absolutely not. Oh, man. No I, mulligans here, Ryan. No, we said August 1st. It, it sounds was fucking implied. We it said sounds August 1st like, start. It sounds like he's going to be wearing assless chaps to the main event next year. <gasps> yeah, you're fucked, Ryan. Yeah. We're all here for it. Well, he's yeah. going to be fucked for he real. He says, well, fine, <laughs> I lose. <laughs> it'll, it'll be fucked a little easier in those assless chaps. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I remember when we when we made that bet. Just don't wear them backwards; you'll get kicked out. That was the first bet I ever made that I knew that he was dead. Uh, I looked at Matt. He graduated. This. He I made looked, a prop bet. He knew he couldn't lose. I looked. I looked at Matt, and after he agreed to that on air, for continually interrupting me, I was like, "We fucking got him. <laughs> we fucking got him." And Your mom did. was apparently att attacked by a petunia. What? Your mom was attacked by Virginia. Yeah, she can oh, speak no. for the violence that ducks are capable of. Wow. All she did was love this duck. The duck attacked her? And yeah. it attacked her. You didn't yeah, know I, this? Hold on. I did get two text messages from my mom. Lens, <laughs> <laughs> I was attacked by Virginia. Okay, so here's a good question. No, but wait. Hold on. Let me see what my mom texted okay. me. Ready? I got attacked by Petunia. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what she said. Could you beat... 20 duck-sized Mike Mattisows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah? I think you'd rather just one normal-sized Mike Mattisow. Or a horse-sized Mike Mattisow. One horse-sized Mike, Mike, Mike In a scooter. <laughs> in a horse-sized no, scooter. Yeah, he's not going that's, very that's fast. That's a big scooter. You could just run him over. That's true. Yeah. That's no, true. he takes... He, no. He, he just... No. I, I could take a, a horse-sized Mattisow in a scooter. <laughs> Marty's, Marty's in the chat. She said, I tried to save it. Save it from what? Oh, the baby like, fell. One wait. of her babies fell. Oh, oh and she was yeah, upset. She was trying to save the baby. Look, look Marty, you got to let natural evolution <laughs> yeah. take so, place. You know? So apparently there's a... Natural selection. Apparently there's a cat. There's a cat that like sees the baby ducks and cats get hungry, you know? Yeah. So the cat... Uh, Waits and like lurks in the weeds. Whose cat for, is it? A neighbor? I think it's like a stray cat. Feral oh. cat. Feral cat. Mm. Yeah, so. Hey, that's the circle of life, baby. Them ducks are meant to be eaten by this cat. If they're meant strong to live, they're survive. Meant to live. Yeah, you should They'll not intervene. The strong ones or the lucky ones? Both. <laughs> Don't you be strong or lucky? <laughs> lucky. So I'd rather be lucky. If poker's taught me anything, it's lucky, man. Yeah. I want to be the luckiest player of all time. Yeah. I don't want to be the best player of all That's time. True. Uh, so ending the the, I don't know how we got on these fucking ducks, man. Yo, this is what Ryan just texted me. Hold on. If it's not a half naked picture, it's, I low key was just hoping I could show progress and get away with it, saying I didn't. When I had to restart, so GG, you win bet. Yeah, of course. You have to fuck. Good job. Wow, man. good job bringing it up then. Good yeah. job. Way, way to be honorable, him. Ryan. We appreciate you. you. Thought I forgot. I don't forget oh. this shit. Marnie no. named the cat Putin. <laughs> the Putin cat. She did. She, yeah, no, the Putin cat's cat. name is Feral. not It's not Putin. So good. Oh, the cat's name is not Putin. It's, this is incredible. It's Putin cat. Right, right, of it's course. Not, the cat's not, name is not. It's, he says the cat is Feral. Yeah, yeah. has to be. Uh, let's, let's run back the 75 hard 
here, Ryan. I, I'm, I'm thinking of starting something next week. Get, um, get in, in touch. We'll, uh, uh, am I leaving to go anywhere? Oh, shit, I am. Doesn't matter. You can do this shit on the road. No, I, well, I'm going you're on hiking. Hike. Yeah, you're hiking all day. Yeah, that's what you, a, what's, that counts what's as an outdoor exercise. That? Yeah. No, I'm in. I have to do some reading and yeah. water drinking. Yeah, I don't want to do right. the reading part, man. Nice. You, of all people, need Maybe to Maybe I'll read. do the 75 hard with you guys. But can I just open the garage door? Does that count? No. no. Um, but I do cool. think it's worth making an exception to listen to audiobooks instead of reading. I personally hate reading. It was the most awful task of the 75 hard. Mm. And when yeah, I switched it to audio, I was able to get through like multiple books. there's something to reading with your eyes, though. I think it depends on the person. Some people are are very good with well i mean the other thing is like it's not like i don't read yeah like you know i'm i'm reading short articles i'm twitter. reading twitter like because to me <laughs> like part of reading well at least with good writing is seeing the syntax <coughs> and seeing the way they write it instead of i feel like that's it. how i listen personally yeah but maybe. also like if i had to guess i'm much more audible audible learner and you're probably a lot more read write i'm like super visual yeah. I, i'm super visual too but between read write and audible i'm very much like audible's a thousand times higher mm -hmm. up than read write it, it, well, feel, it feels <sighs> like the uh like the ben like they both have benefits but the benefits <clears throat> of actually reading are probably a lot better only because it's harder yeah whatever's harder but that's not true for everybody right so that's not true for everybody. no definitely think, not you think there are a lot of people out there who say reading is actually easier than listening to for audio. a lot of not people. Easier, yes, mm. but more beneficial, yeah. maybe. I, I, I would, I think you're right, well, but I would say the vast majority. Th would think say of it this way. Think of it this way. Um, when we, with regard to a conversation, do you think that <sighs> listening to another person is easier, or do you think that reading a text combo back and forth is easier? Listening to it. Okay, I don't think that it's clear. I think for some people, it'll be listening. And for mm -hmm. other people, it'll be reading and writing. Mm. Mine's reading. Well, because to me, I can Maybe, yeah. read. I can read faster than I can listen. Well, it's more so like. So it's uh, it's, just... it's not about it's not about efficiency. It's more so how do you extract the information better? Oh, right. So like, reading. would you would you pick up on more of the information by listening or by actually like seeing it written in front Being of you? It. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's true of like some fraction of people. I think another yeah. fraction of people are great listeners. It, it feels like it takes a lot more brain power. To, to read actually read something that they listen back maybe that's just me maybe maybe that's just my experience i would agree with you yeah yeah but i, th I don't think that we represent everybody right i think that there's a lot of people i've met a lot of people that are just that's like true. reading is people, so easy for me i can right. blow through books so yeah there, there are people that like go they'll, they'll take a book and they'll have it done in a day or two days where yeah. like it takes the tortoise you know a Here's little bit longer to read a but like i can do that with an audible i can listen to uh, a 10-hour book on one and a half X in like a day and a half mm -hmm. and retain the vast majority of it. Here's, here's what I think though. You're not just strictly listening. You're doing other things as well, correct? In what regard? Like you're listening like to the while. book and going to the gym. Yeah. You're listening to the book and in the song. Uh, I you're try listening. not to do it in the gym, but I'll do it when I'm not. So yes, uh, but I'm actively listening. Right, so like so if I'm in the sauna, well, no, if I'm in the sauna, there's no other task. There's, no, there's nothing else to do. Right, but you're not in the sauna for 10 right. hours. No, right. but if I'm walking, there's no other task. Right, driving, like, yeah. yeah, if I'm driving, there's no other task. Sure. So the, the primary task is actively listening. There's a right. secondary, maybe, if you want to call it distraction. I think like I if you're, like, if you're at the gym or you're, still. like, doing work or something and you have it on in the background, then it's like, yes, it's, it's, it's not the same. way less beneficial. Yeah. Well, you can, I guess what I'm going with that is, is you, you can't, can't read, read a book and drive. Yeah, Correct. you're sort of right. forced to You can, but it's very dangerous. 
Right. <laughs> don't do that. You can't. <laughs> don't do yeah. that. <laughs> you can walk. Same thing as texting and driving. Like, you, like if you're walking Gatsby and Scout, you can't walk both of them and, and have a book, book in your yeah. hand. Correct. Like, that's why right. it, it sort of forces the singular focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's and that's right. not to say you're not learning or remembering stuff from the book. It's just a preference thing. It's easy. Yeah. It's more convenient for you to, to yeah. do, to I do the job. I know with audiobooks, because I will be doing something while I'm it just, I can't just sit there and listen and not do anything. Yeah. So I will have to like listen to them a few times over right. in order to actually like, because I'll just naturally get distracted for small parts or here and there. Yeah. Yeah, ADHD I go crazy. I, I don't. I don't have that. Like, I can lay in bed doing nothing and listen to a book instead of watching TV. Yeah, um, I can see that. It, can it's that. yeah. I don't know. It's just the way that I learn. I should read more. Honestly, I'm just all over the place. It's knowledge is power, man. It's important to to seek out those that you know have else? lived more and you know, else is know power? more. What eating a horse sized dog? You're gonna say beating your dick? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, that, that had, positive. That's where you were going with that. that. No, that had no callback to the horse say that? duck. Yeah, Maybe. why would he ever were, say? I oh, could, no. I could not imagine that coming out of his mouth. Never. Yeah, Wishful he, thinking. He was was beating my dick. That would be actually funny because it'd be so yeah, so out of left field. Brand. Yeah. Wishful thinking, man. He's been doing some out of left left field shit recently, guys. You know. No, I haven't. I'm doing no, no, no left field anything. I saw some texts that just made me laugh recently, so you know. What the fuck? I'm not gonna make. I'm not gonna repeat them or anything, but you know. Oh, leave it alone. <laughs> no. Listen, man, you gotta play to win. All right. Speaking Love. of out of left field, uh, we'll revisit this topic briefly before we close. Uh, there was an apology yesterday by Nick Airball, and a uh, amplified apology also by Hustler. They said, we don't condone uh, Nick's behavior last night. Uh, we let him know that it won't be tolerated in the future. Uh, we want the players to have fun, but there's a line. He agreed that it won't happen again. Plus, he apologized to the dealers and players personally. I like that. Uh, we would also like to apologize to our fan. I think this is handled relatively well mm -hmm. on, both, on both parts uh, yeah. as far as like after the fact type, type of stuff. Um, no, I think we covered pretty well yesterday uh, what could have been handled a little bit differently in-game. You know, just point by point, I think that uh, these environments can get a little tense. Um, but at the same token, it's very important to recognize that the incentive of everybody sitting at the table to begin with is not necessarily to have a good time. It's to make money. Um, and I know that that sounds very capitalist. I know that it seems like we're putting the betterment of individuals to the side. And I know I think or it appears that like we're shirking the entertainment aspect of playing poker. I agree that all those things exist as well, and I would love it if they were a bigger priority than making money, but until poker becomes a positive-sum game, that just simply won't be the case. And I don't know how to make po poker a positive-sum game, so I'm just acknowledging the reality that exists. There's an incentive to make money, and the person who tends to be abusive is the one who's usually making everybody at the table rich. So I think acknowledging that and finding ways to work with basically setting boundaries that everybody's comfortable with without alienating uh those who are being attacked in the process is just worth a lot um i think there's a certain responsibility to the card house itself to the staff uh maybe even to the dealers to some degree obviously i don't think it's it's the same thing right they're heavily incentivized through tips so like it's not really their job to police but you know whenever you're at a table like that and your down is over it's sometimes worth mentioning to the floor person, like, hey, uh, you know, seat three 
getting a little out of line. Like nobody's mm-hmm. really speaking up, but perhaps you could go over and check in on the table. Yeah, I actually remember one time, I remember texting you guys during it, where this guy was being, he kept coming over to my table all night and trying to get me to come to his. Then he moved to mine. He actually worked for the poker room, which I didn't know at the time and was shocked when I found out. But he uh, was like showing he was like putting nudes of girls like in my face being like do you think she's hot and then like just like being very uh like obnoxious and like aggressive and sexual and stuff yeah but he was also tipping the dealers a ton Mm -hmm. so like nothing got said right and i was just like ugh, like this dynamic sucks yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's weird right because like again uh the 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 major point I was trying to draw on yesterday was that in an ideal world, we could just call out bad behavior and police it, right? But we have to acknowledge that in the current world that we live in, uh, there are other incentives at play. Yeah. And it's why bad behavior gets excused. We're not just talking about at the poker table, like uh, across the board, you know, we yeah. see this all the time. Uh, even the, the greatest example of it might be uh, all the white collar crime that exists in the finance industry, right? Mm-hmm. Like we see the collapse of 2008, in the real estate market and all these subprime loans and everything else. And literally nobody goes to jail. Right. Right. The incentives are greater. Like government's another great example. Like we can point to how corrupt government officials mm-hmm. are uh, across the board because their incentives are to be reelected. Yeah, and exactly. They're yeah, getting the, campaign finance. They're yeah. getting money from, from the people that are the bad actors. Right. right. So they don't do anything to stop them. Because right. So when, when incentives like this, that money. when incentives like this are so heavily disaligned between what we as the community want as a greater good versus what we as a community are incentivized to capitalize on, we have to acknowledge that this, this contradiction exists, right? Uh, humans are complicated. Like you can, you can be paradoxical in nature. You can, you can hold two conflicting ideologies at the same time and you're not going to die, mm-hmm. right? Like there, there's no real punishment to this. There, there mm-hmm. isn't like, oh man, I'm contradicting myself by both hating this behavior, but also wanting to make money. Yeah. Uh, I hope I'm not smited by the Lord and struck down by a lightning bolt, right? Like <laughs> that's just not what happens. So since there is no fallout and there is no punishment, we just happen to default to the, our best interest at the end of the day. Like we are selfish creatures, yeah. no matter how much good we want to do, no matter how much empathy and sympathy we have for the world at large and how much we actually want to try to grow the greater good and project things out. It takes a fucking lot to leap over that incentive of near term and get to the point of like greater good, especially in a one-off instance, mm-hmm. right? If the cameras weren't rolling, we wouldn't even, as a as a community, be able to be critical of this. Like, right. This conversation wouldn't even be breached. It happens right? all the time, still. Yeah, yeah all the time. Yeah. That's that's why I wanted to talk so deeply about it because, like, you know, I don't spend much time there, but you guys are in the one three two five five ten streets, and the best games usually have a guy like this. Yeah. Right. But it actually, I find that a lot of like, it's not always the guy that's the most action. Like, it's. A fair amount of the time, like someone who I'm just like, just get off the get off the table. Like you're not even in action. Do you like, find that that often, like that person will get policed more often? No. Really? Really? That's what I would think it would. Right. And I think it like... is the thing of uh, maybe like they people just for some reason, and I got called this too, but some for some reason people think it's sex it's sexist to stick up for a girl. 
Well, there's this notion of like white knighting and it being a little bit reductive to women. Yeah. Uh, it it kind of puts you in this like infantile state where yeah. you need I mean, to be just stood like up roast for. roast the guy. Yeah. You know? But I, I think, I think like, you know, at some level we have to acknowledge that policing social behavior, regardless of sex, is just a noble thing to do. Yeah. And I think the difficulty is that a lot of us aren't equipped with proper social skills or, uh, or, or like active um, de-escalating tactics mm -hmm. that allow us to just be thrust into that situation and know how to handle it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And humans being humans, uh, depending on your personality type, we're more often than not just going to make it worse. Yeah. Right. Like you make a scene of something. And that's the other thing, right? It's like, where's the line of offense? Right. So everyone uh, has different lines and you don't know what their line is. And yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. You're also outnumbered at the table. Like, uh, like, you know, you're, you almost always, you're almost always outnumbered. It's one girl and it's eight guys. Yeah. It's like, okay, well you don't want the guys. That's to why say I think like, it's, yeah. you know, like if like, it was five girls there and, and five guys, then like, different. Then, then, it, then you probably wouldn't need a guy to say anything. Cause the other four girls would stand up. It exactly. Work, you know, that, that, so, that part's very true. Exactly. Nobody wants to play 10 handed. Right? Here's, here's I a, know, but I was trying to make it even. Then. Eight and eight. Here, here's a primary example. I think <laughs> of, of why it becomes challenging also to, to kind of be the first one to speak up. Um, because it is super gray and it's difficult to navigate. Right. So, uh, I was playing in the world series, small buying, like 1500 event. Uh, I think it was last fall when it, the, the last one at the Rio, and uh, we have very, very rec table. I think I may have actually been the only pro there. Playing nine-handed, and there's an older gentleman in the nine seat, probably mid to late 60s. I would guess he's retired. Uh, and for, for all intent and purposes, like if you look at him, he has the, the look about him of being like a sweet old man. Like You would give him the benefit of the doubt, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. um, this middle-aged Asian woman sits down. If I had to guess... Uh, somewhere between like late 40s and early 60s just you know yeah tough to ballpark but yeah. very clear that they're within a, a reasonable age bracket of one another right um she sits down and he kind of immediately just like starts taking a flirty tone but mm -hmm. uh it, it starts relatively innocuous right mm -hmm. like uh something happened where she put out a good river for him or something like that. And he like patted her on the arm and said like, you know, thank you for that. Now for me, th this is like completely fine. And obviously I'm judging her reaction too. Yeah. Right? Like, but there are certainly people that would be overly sensitive to something like that. Right. And immediately jump in. And then in. make it like weird. Right. Make I it really it awkward for everybody. I think it depends on her reaction really. Agreed. But we're tasking now the collective really to, be to do a difficult aware. job yeah. yeah and like a lot of poker players aren't that socially aware correct so. and it's just like i think it's worse I, I know that this may be a poor argument because i'm sure that there are a lot of women that would say uh it's better to be safe than sorry yeah and the second you see something that feels a little out of line you should say something but i almost think it's worse right mm -hmm. because what ultimately ended up happening uh, this was so sweet to watch play out but they started like flirting really hard with each other. <laughs> and like she was being the one who was like kind of negging him in the process. Yeah. And he I was hate negging, man. He was just like gushing over it. Like she'd be like, so You're cute. too old for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, cute. and then he would say his age. I think he like ultimately said his age. He was like, I'm 63. And she's like, I'm too old for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like basically they would go back and forth like this. Uh, and she ends up like busting him. And when she did, like she rivered him in a, and she didn't do anything. She dealt the card, <laughs> she, but the but he got rivered in like a really painful way in an all-in pot. Mm -hmm. And like, 
she was so much more upset than him. It was Aww. so obvious. And uh, he was like, kind of like hanging his head a little bit. But he had a huge smile on his face. Like he had just had the best experience of his life, yeah. right? And she was genuinely distraught that this had happened Did to him. Did they exchange numbers? Yeah. So he was like walking away and he was like, thank you guys. Like it's been a pleasure or whatever. And she goes, you're not going to ask me for my number? Oh, let's go, <laughs> dude. I love that. Yeah. Love that so like, you. Uh, you know, it ended up being like this, this, this funny thing where like after her down, like they kind of like met and exchange numbers or whatever and to me it's like that was like such a great human moment where everybody enjoyed that half hour yeah it's a table. wholesome that's a wholesome moment yeah and, and don't wholesome. get me wrong like that's that's the outlier right like that's yeah. not going to be yeah. the the general case but my whole point is that like if you're paying any attention whatsoever it was clear that this wasn't going to escalate in a bad way but he also had a profile about him where it's like he could have easily been a dirty old man. Yeah. And he very well could have made her uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Or she could have been like 15 or 20 years younger and like been a lot more sensitive to something like this. And actually been a, like my granddad was like this. I, I remember all of the girls growing up like they just adored him. He was the sweetest old man. But he was a fucking flirt. Like, we would go to the bank and, like, you know, the teller would be in her mid-40s or whatever. And, like, oh, hi, George. How's it going? Yeah. And, like, he's just pouring it on. And I'm like, you're a dirty old man. Like, you just yeah. get away with murder because you're 70. Yeah. Um, I mean, in my experience, it hasn't been old men. No, yeah, yeah, of ever. course. Of course. It's actually always uh, been, like, there's been, I'd, I'd say, like, five or six times that something like this has happened. Uh, the only time someone stuck up for me was Conrad um because like he knew that i kind of like wanted that and then the other times it's just like once the guy leaves the whole table talks about it that's but then weird I'm sort to of me. just like well why didn't you guys say something yes during? yes 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 uh, in those instances yeah. like is that a case where the guy was just losing so much that maybe it makes sense for that reason not no, that i'm trying to excuse it as soon as they it. sit at the table oh no 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 uh you're, you're saying they start talking about it after he leaves. Oh, yeah. You mean like he was super active? Yeah, it was like, like a giga whale or something uh, like that. Like maybe two of the times. Okay. Well, in the it's, moment, was it easily identifiable that you were uncomfortable? 100%. Okay. Yeah. See, that's I've, why we talked about it after. Yeah. That's why as soon as he would leave, right, they like, would be oh, like, man, like they'd be insane. like, that was wild. Like, that's you know. so. That's, but it's see, just like, then why not say something dirty? Yeah, that, that's cowardly to me. Uh, I've experienced mm -hmm. it a lot in the high stakes realm. Yeah, I and, will say one one more thing. It is. I think you're right because uh, it's usually the guy is a lot more physically larger than the guys who will talk about it to me after. That makes sense. So oh, yeah. See. So there's a certain like intimidation factor there. Yeah. Yeah, I think I understand that. I, I've experienced a lot in high stakes in the sense that it, there aren't really a lot of women playing. Farah in, in particular, I can't remember who it was, but there was one whale who refused to play with women. Uh, I actually do remember who it is, but now I don't want to call him out. Um, not because, uh, it, it's not that I don't want to call him out because I feel like I need to protect him. It's because like uh, it was a cultural thing. It wasn't like... Uh, he hated women. Yeah. He grew up in a culture where like poker was uh, a, a man's escape, right? So it was like poker night with the boys kind of thing, like smoking cigars in a dusty basement. And that's like what he carried forward. Uh -huh. So he would always try to shut Farah out of the game, but we, we would refuse. And he was always super nice and classy to her. And eventually like she grew on him yeah. and he, it, it, it reshaped his, his view of like, how poker is played and like why it's okay to allow females in. And that was always a great thing. I think that was one of the more positive experiences. We had a lot of other experiences where they were like oil sheiks or um, 
from uh, a place that's yeah. very culturally yes, sexist. Yes, yes, like, yes. Pe- people from like the Middle Eastern areas, uh, you know, Israeli, Palestinian, like things like this, where they have a certain view of how a woman should behave or whatever. Mm-hmm. And rarely w- did we have women playing in the game. Like I said, uh, really fair was the only one who had a long stint in there. And a lot of times she just wouldn't be invited when these type of people played. But it didn't really quell the problem because there were a lot of female dealers. And thinking back on it, like the way these guys were handled were if they were great action, mm-hmm. guys like myself and JRB were expected to turn their ire onto us. And it was very easy to do. Yes, because you, you and JRB. You and JRB are great at that. Yes. You and and more like, importantly, what would you say? Well, so like it's coming from a place of ego with them, right? So when, they're, when they are uh, berating female dealers for putting out bad turns in rivers for them or uh, kind of like, you know, putting them in their place for just breathing and existing, yeah, uh, that's all coming from a very ego place. So we would just get heavily involved and we would trash their play, right? And you would think like, don't do that to a whale mm-hmm. because they'll leave, but the, the, exact, no. the exact opposite they happened. They want to prove you wrong. It's a com- yes. Yeah, it's yeah. a competitive environment It, it becomes now. a dick measuring contest so fast with them. And that's great for you. It's great and for everybody. for the women. Too. Yeah, everyone wins. Everybody wins them. in that environment. <laughs> yeah, except for them. And they ultimately just get hella punished. Yeah. Uh, and then it becomes but a would group. Would they like still come back after that, or always? Okay. They, not only that, but they would prefer to play with me, right? And because they want they want to get you exactly. Yeah. It becomes this thing. Uh, there was one guy in particular. Uh, I, let, let's call him Hank, uh, and he was like, he was so fucking brutal. Mm-hmm. He was so brutal on the dealers, specifically the female ones. He was just so brutal but he was also just brutal in general like he slow rolled the fuck out of robo in a million dollar pot where you know he was kind of weaponizing ignorance like yeah. claiming uh mm. so i think that there was like I a straight that. flush available uh-huh. but the straight flush had to be something like eight four of spades uh no like eight five of spades <laughs> Some, something that like clearly robo didn't have yeah uh and this guy may have even blocked it he might have had like ace five of spades <laughs> uh, whatever so yeah robo raises river all in in like this million dollar pot and hank is i shouldn't have said hank because there are actually yeah, a lot of hanks, hanks. And it's, like, it's it not it's b hanks 11 uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whatever uh, nobody knows who this guy is so I'll actually his real name is henry okay uh, henry so, Kilbane. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Henry Cobain just sitting with a billion in front of him. <laughs> it's Henry. He's slow rolling no. Andrew Robo. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. So his name is Henry. Uh, and he starts talking to Robo. Like, uh, do you have a flush? Like, what do you have? Like, do you have the nuts? Like, just so painful putting him through the ringer. And then finally, like, I can't fold. I call. And Robo has, like, king, queen of spades for yeah. the second nuts. Yeah. And this guy goes, oh, that's it? How, and then like oh. gives them the how could you oh. shove like what did you think i would call with like give, puts it through uh th- this story goes so much deeper it's like uh, sadistic at that it point really uh, honestly the story goes deep enough that like it's probably interesting enough to tell so uh at, at the time <laughs> christ almighty so robo quits he can't take it and at the time uh he was doing business with jrb and the game was insane it was like uh, me and robo were like the only two real pros rick solomon was in the game uh Blazarian, um, actually, sorry, it was Adam Blazarian, not not Dan. Is that uh, his brother? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this guy Henry, and we're playing Henry massive. Uh, so we're playing like three six twelve. It's probably like up to one k two k at this point, and the game's been running for I don't know like fifteen hours. So Robo can't take it. He lost his pot. 
he's down half a million plus on the night. He's just like, I'm, he's done. I'm fucking done. Yeah, I quit. Done. Right. And JRB at this point, literally no joke, has like 35,000 in front of him. And, you know, him and Robo are doing business and Robo's like, yo, I'm not, he's, he's just so angry. He's yeah. like, I'm not reloading you, like yada, yada, yada. So, uh, JRB obviously goes bust and he leaves. And now it's just me, Rick and Henry playing three-handed. Great. Like what a spot. Yeah. I literally have over a million in front of me. They have over a million in front of them. We're just banging it out, just like throwing shit at each other, right? So JRB comes back like <laughs> an hour and a half later. It's like 4 a.m. at this point, right? And he sits with 100K. And we're just like, what? What is going on here? Okay, I see you, man. Like, get in the mix. And uh, he, he doubles through Rick and, you know, basically runs it up to like three or 400, something like that. Uh-huh. And uh, it turns out that he, I, I might be getting the story back, backwards. I think it might have been me, Adam, and Henry were playing three-handed because Rick had gone to the pits for a minute. So it turns out he runs into Rick at the blackjack table. And... Uh, took like 25k or whatever mm -hmm. and ran it up <sighs> at blackjack with rick <laughs> so then they both come back to the table and jrb sits in spite of the fact that like you know he quote unquote didn't have permission to mm -hmm. and robo's asleep so as far as he knows they're off well now jrb wins a few hundred thousand and, <laughs> and he wins it on his own dime in, in wow. his perspective right so this causes like this massive riff he ends up like <laughs> like Adam is ratting him out to Robo like he's calling him to rat him out mm -hmm. these are like the you know the underpinnings <laughs> of how these games work oh so JRB gets like picked up from the game because uh, all this happens and now it's just again back down to me Rick and, and Henry and it's like 6am I literally have like almost 2 million in front of me and Henry has like 1.5 and he wants to play heads up because mm -hmm. Rick quit and I'm up like the most I've ever been up ever uh, and I'm just like Okay, fine. Like, yeah, let's, let's, let's steal the cards. And he's been a wild man all night. Like, dude, doing wild and crazy shit, right? So we're playing 1K, 2K heads up. And the first hand, he limps the button. I get yeah. racks. I just rack up. Yeah. I just go, <laughs> give me racks. I'm, I'm fucking done. Right. And he's like, what are you talking? And this is a guy that, like, I've literally been berating all night. So to bring it full circle, as brutal as he was on all of us as players, he was a thousand times worse on dealers, specifically females. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I said, like, he represents that that type where you have to like take the attention off of him because he's a whale. Yeah. With the nitty guys though, uh, there were some other guys who were like very brutal like that. They got removed. Yeah. Yeah. Like That's whale the or thing not. Is, like I'm just like it. It's so annoying when it comes from somebody who's just like not even playing hands. Yeah. And it's just like come on. Like at least if you're gonna like be a dick to me, like play some fucking hands with me. And, and I <laughs> understand that in the private realm, it's very different because we operate on our own subset of rules. Yeah. But like when when recreational players who come in with this front of, I don't know how to play this game, yada yada yada, and we all see them as a spot. When they come in, and they're literally offering nothing to the environment. Right. And then they start attacking the dealers. This is where having, and this is why I said it takes, it takes the, the alpha of the table to kind of step up and say something. Like this was Baldwin's game through and through. JRB yeah. was the host, but Bobby Baldwin was the, the guy that it centered around. He was so quick to shoot that shit down. It was like That's one, awesome. literally one warning. And it was a very curt warning of yeah. like, don't fucking do that. Right. And if they, if they pulled the like, I'm just as rich as you are card, like I'm not going to, be undermined by you type of thing uh -huh. three seconds later jrb would be tapping them on the shoulder and be like hey uh can you come out <laughs> the hall with me and literally they'd be coming back and racking their fucking wow. chips and like that's awesome though i love that it's it's awesome but it's also the private environment where we have the ability to do that yeah 
You know, if you're in a two five game, but it's game, nice to hear because I you hear so many horror stories about the private realm. When yeah, it comes well, to, like, women and you know, stuff. Don't, don't, don't. I mean, I'm just giving credit. Like, yeah, yes, yes. But I know you, that there's probably balancing factors, but it's, yeah. it's heavily imbalanced towards. Right. But but uh -huh. it is one of those things too. And I've been put in a lot of awkward spots like that, where you know I kind of mentioned before uh, with the old guy at the WSP table. You don't know at what point to step in. And I've I've had that happen in like private games where I've invited girls that I know are atmosphere models and want to uh -huh. work and, and stuff like that, where I'm kind of texting them saying like, hey, is this okay? Right. Because like, you know, there's hand stuff going on. And I don't they're know if that's fingers. what they said. some yeah. wet fingers. <laughs> like, yeah, man. It's like, I don't know if you signed up for this. Yeah. And like, they're just replying with like easiest 10K I've ever right. made. And it's like, you yeah. do you then like yeah. i will say i've never had some an instance where somebody i felt was like overstepping or white knighting i've, I've never even had anything close well, it sounds to like that you have the opposite experience i've had the opposite i've never yeah. had that even close to happening and maybe it's partially because i come off as sort of like i can handle myself which i can I, but it's I, just nice to know someone has my back at the table if in i case didn't know you got out of line. if i didn't know you i'd be very slow to stand up for you. right yeah uh, and i think I, that's the general response to me yeah and it's not because i don't it's not even because I wouldn't want to stand up for you or because I think that you can handle your own. It's because I feel like that's the energy that you get a lot. Mm. It's like, I f with, without knowing you at all, yeah. I would feel like people who view you as a very strong female yeah. try to dampen that energy mm. by like one-upping it. Yeah. If that makes yeah. sense. And, yeah. and so like, I think people who are more normal and aware pull back a little right. bit and say like, oh, you're your own person. Like yeah. you got this. Yeah. You know, and I'll, I'll and champion. And I am used to it. Yeah. I mean, I've, that sort of is the response I tend to get. It, it uh, sucks, but it's one of those things where I think, like, if you are quick to just call out the behavior, yeah. you'll have eight people rallying behind you. Right. As opposed to, like... like if I started roasting the guy, everyone would join in, probably. 100%. <laughs> 100%. Just do that. Yeah. yeah Start 100%. roasting. Yeah. That's all we got to say about that. Um, we will be back Monday. I think you have a commentary gig. I do, but it's at four. Oh, okay, so I it doesn't took conflict. the later slot. Okay, cool. Oh, okay, so maybe we could do the draft on Monday then. Yeah. Okay, mm. so we'll be back next week. Uh, we are going to have a fantasy draft one of the days. Uh, Tuesday's time slot is to be determined. We are actually going to go live with reaction video to Joey's podcast immediately after. Uh, so I believe he's starting at 1 p.m. I imagine you can look for us somewhere in that 3 p.m. time slot, give or take yep. uh, 20 minutes in either direction. I don't know, though, man. Joey's done some marathons. Uh, we might not get on until 6 p.m. I know. He gets those edibles in him, and yeah, he's just he's, going and going. Hey, Poppy, like, you know, give us some material, but also, like, don't put us to bed. Yeah. You know, we're old here. The tortoise, he can't stay out past 5. Right. I'm falling no, asleep right now. let's do a marathon stream, Poppy. <laughs> I'll, I'll call in. That that dinner bell rings and and the tortoise has to you know that's what happens the dinner bell rings at five p.m. Mm -hmm. and his slow ass starts crawling so he gets back by eight thirty exactly to have it hot on the table you know we mm -hmm. we gotta we gotta be ready for Listen, it the tortoise is in training tortoise can be fast in three months Jesus here we go I'm ready I'm ready to see it <laughs> um we have an academy next Thursday and Friday so our time slots will be later on those days be sure to pay attention to. The daily podcast as well as our social will announce it all there but uh thank you guys as always for tuning in please like subscribe leave a comment below let us know what you think uh let us know what questions poppy should be asking bryn on this upcoming pod on tuesday you know i think we got a lot a lot to yeah. get out of the man yep we'll see you guys all monday at noon peace Later.